Hello, you are listening to More to the Story, a podcast for those who enjoy diving deeper into the Bible. I am your host, James Jones. Hello, welcome. Thank you for joining us again for this week's episode of More to the Story. Excited to be able to spend some more time with you. Thank you for joining me. Um, this is going to be a shorter episode today. I'm uh, recording this on a Sunday night. I've already preached twice today, once this morning and once this afternoon. And uh, all week last week was gone out of state on vacation with my family. Didn't get in till later on Saturday night and uh, woke up this morning and churched and, and preached and were tired and, and things like that. But I did want to jump on here and do a quick recording and, and say hello to you guys and tell you what's coming up. We got some cool things going on. I'm planning some more interviews. Um, I've heard good feedback from those. And I like interviews. Whenever I listen to other talk show podcasts, I really enjoy interviews. And so I would like to do more of those and already have some planned. already have reached out to some of the guests that I would like to interview and trying to get those set up so we can get some good content for you guys, have some good conversations and some good dialogue going on. It's going to be fun. It's going to be real fun. So so uh, make sure you subscribe, like, rate, and listen. And... Uh, yeah, we're gonna have some we're gonna have some fun with this, but we are gonna have a shorter episode today. I don't know how long it'll be. I would like to just kind of give you an overview of how we teach the plan of salvation. I would like to do kind of a mini series and talk about some of the different points of salvation that we that we teach and that we believe the Scripture teaches, and kind of contrast them with modern Christendom, modern Christianity, and what uh, the major denominations of the world today teach and believe and kind of show you where uh, a lot of the new doctrines are wrong. They're biblically unsound, incorrect, and um, when it comes to the topic of salvation, that is the most important thing. And so you can be wrong on some other things, but you do not want to be wrong on salvation. That is the utmost important topic, right? We want to spend eternity with Jesus Christ. We want to go to heaven. We want to be saved. And so when it comes to my eternity, I need to make sure above everything else that I have it right, that I fully understand the scriptures and I fully understand what the New Testament teaches, and actually what we'll talk about later on in, in some different episodes, that the Old Testament taught it as well. But I want to be saved. I want my family to be saved. I want to go to heaven, and I want to have it right. I want to have it right. Paul says this in Romans 3. He says, let God be true and every man a liar. And that is a scripture that I have always used in reference to salvation, especially when uh, talking to other ministry that are of a different faith or different denomination. I have sat across the table from other ministers multiple times and discussed our differences in salvation and had um, good discussion, good dialogue, and, and debated it. And I've always used this scripture, let God be true 
and every man a liar. And when it comes to salvation, that should be our banner. Let God be true and every man a liar. And so when you go to a church and the pastor preaches on salvation, I encourage you to not just take the preacher's word for it. Even if it's me, even if you come to my church and you hear me preach, don't take my word for it, but take God's word for it. And so if if, if I say anything in my sermons or if I say anything on this podcast that does not line up with the word of God, let God's word be true and me a liar. It's very important that we understand salvation and that we know that we have it right. I want to make sure that I fully understand the New Testament teaching on salvation. So this is an overview of how we teach the plan of salvation. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, this is our hallmark scripture. Peter is preaching on the day of Pentecost, and the Holy Ghost has fell in the upper room, and God filled them with His Spirit, and it spills out onto the streets, and, and they're worshiping the Lord, and people are making fun of them and saying they're drunk and things like that. Well, Peter stands up and clarifies and says, these are not drunk as you suppose, seeing as about the third hour of the day, but uh, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last day, saith the Lord, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And then Peter preaches this whole sermon to this group of people. And at the end of his sermon, after he preaches Jesus, the gospel of Jesus Christ, a man in the crowd asks this question, men and brethren, what must we do? Peter, I, I, I hear what you've preached. I hear this gospel that you've just presented, and and I need to know what, what I need to do with this. What do I need to do? What are my next steps? What is my responsibility here? What must we do? And Peter responds, and I believe it's very clear. And, 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 and so all of the different doctrines on salvation confuse me a little bit, because I believe the New Testament is ultra clear on salvation. But Peter responds and says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so when the man asks, What do I do? Peter says, You repent and you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so we believe that salvation comes from the Lord, comes from Jesus Christ, obviously. But it does take responsibility on our part. It is up to us to repent of our sins and to change our lifestyle, to be water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and to be filled with the Holy Ghost, to be filled with His Spirit. And then, of course, you've got to go on living the rest of your life for the Lord and doing your best to please Him and follow Him, be His disciple. But there is a mantra in modern-day Christianity that would scream against that. They would say that salvation is by grace alone through faith alone, and that if we try to add works into salvation, that we are unbiblical, and that that we're heretics because um, because we're, we're 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 following a works-based salvation is what they would say, and I would challenge that. I would challenge that. I would agree that that salvation is by grace alone. It is by the grace of God that we are saved. 
That is the only reason we're saved. I, I'll never be able to, to to do enough good to deserve or earn salvation. It's by the grace of God that he is allowing me to be saved. I agree with that. But to separate works and to say that works has nothing to do with our salvation is to have is to throw away a good chunk of the New Testament. To to try to build a doctrine and say that works are have no place in the plan of salvation and they're not necessary, you would have to throw out the book of James. You would have to throw out many of Jesus' sermons, including his sermon on the mount in Matthew seven. Um, you would have to you would have to throw out a big portion of the book of Acts and a big portion of Paul's writings to say that works has nothing to do with salvation is unbiblical, completely unbiblical. And we're going to talk about it for a moment because we, I, I believe that works do have a, play a part in salvation. And so let, let, let's jump right in. Salvation by grace alone through faith alone. Works has nothing to do with it. They say uh, you don't have to be water baptized. You don't have to be filled with the Spirit. You don't have to um, stop living a sinful lifestyle. You don't have to come out from among them and be separate. You don't have to uh, uh, look a different way, sound a different way, talk a different way. Uh, You just have to believe. You have to believe in the Lord and accept Him as your personal Savior which is also an unbiblical term. He's never been called our personal Savior. He's just the Savior. He, there is no personal Savior about it. He, he's, not, he, he's not personally tailored to fit your criteria, your needs. He's the Savior. You take him how he is. And so you believe in the Lord. You repeat a sinner's prayer, and, and you accept the Lord into your heart, and, and you're saved. The biggest issue with that is this. There's no Bible for it. Absolutely no Bible for the sinner's prayer. I asked a minister one time in a discussion when he was uh, arguing his side and I was arguing my side. I asked him very politely if there was any place in the entire New Testament where anybody was saved by repeating a prayer. And he responded, no, there's not. It's not there. It is definitely not there. And so I want to say this. It matters how you live. It matters how you live. You cannot just believe in the Lord and live any, in any way that you see fit that, that pleases you and expect everything to be okay. It is very clear that it matters. Works matter. And so let's, let's, dive, let's dive in real quick and go through a few scriptures. And we'll start with Jesus because we're Christians and we believe in the teachings of Jesus Christ. So let's just start with him. In John chapter 3, Nicodemus comes to the Lord and and asks him questions uh, pertaining the kingdom of God. And Jesus says this, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. And Nicodemus is confused, and how, how is a man going to be born again? Is he going to enter in his mother's womb a time, another time? And Jesus clarifies and says, no, you've got it wrong. Unless a man is born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Cannot. No ifs, ands, or buts, no ways around that. The red letters. Jesus said, if you don't do this, you can't go to heaven. And just that one instance right there 
debunks and goes completely against a grace alone through faith alone, absolutely no work salvation. Jesus said, you must do this or you can't go to heaven. Unless this happens, Jesus says, unless you are born of the water and of the spirit, you cannot make it into heaven. Jesus even says this in Matthew chapter 7, when Jesus is given the parable of heaven. He's given this picture of heaven and, and judgment day. And all these people are coming before the throne and, and they're saved. And Jesus says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into heaven. And, and then there's this group of people that comes and they're not saved. And Jesus uh, tells them they're not saved and they complain about this. They say, uh, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not done mighty works in your name? Have we not casted out devils in your name? Have we not, not done all this great, all these great things in your name? Why would you tell us we didn't make it? And Jesus says, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I never knew you. This, this uh, humors me. The modern day Christian, Christ, Christian doctrine says that a works-based salvation is unbiblical. But Jesus said to the ones who didn't make it, depart from me, you that work iniquity. These people were lost. They didn't make it because Jesus said their works were wrong. But, but I thought it was grace alone through faith alone, apart from works. No, works, works don't matter. Remember, that's, that's the mantra of 21st century Christianity. But it's, it's biblically inaccurate. So more with Jesus. Jesus is approached by this rich young ruler a young man who is very wealthy and he wants to follow the Lord and the Lord and, G and, and Jesus asks him about his life and, and the young ruler says, I've done all of these things. I've kept the commandments since I was a, a youngster. And uh, Jesus replies, you lack one thing. Go and sell all that you have, give to the poor and then come follow me. And the young man turns away sorrowfully and never comes back. He's never mentioned it again in the scripture. So when this man, this young ruler asks the Lord, I want to follow you. I want to be your disciple. Jesus says, first, go do this. If you want to follow me, you want to be my disciple. First, you must do this. And the, and the young ruler never came back. And you would think that if it was only believing in God, believing in Jesus and having faith in him, that Jesus would have been like, okay, yeah, you, you as long as you believe in me, you're good. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to sell anything. Uh, you don't have to change anything in your life. Just follow me. But Jesus did not say that. Jesus said, go do this before you come follow me. Jesus says in another place in the Gospels, in multiple of the Gospels, it's, it's written down, where he says, if any man's going to be my disciple, let him first deny himself, take up his cross, and then follow me. So we haven't even got to any of the, uh, the writings of the apostles. This is just the words of Jesus Christ. Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple, if you want to follow me, you've got to deny yourself and take up your cross. And so to say that works have nothing to do with it is biblically inaccurate. Jesus was clear that it matters what you do, how you live, the decisions you make. Works matter. Works definitely matter. And I would even say that that believing is a work. 
and 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 so that would go against them. All you got to do is believe. No works necessary. Well, believing is a work. It's a work of the mind. It's a work of the will. So Jesus is very clear that that works do matter. Let me give you one more piece of evidence, and then we'll close this down. Because I want to do more episodes on this when I'm not tired and. It's not really late at night. I, I want to be able to really dive into this and even go into the Old Testament and see where God in the Old Testament, thousands of years before Jesus, he was already showing us this plan of salvation, of repentance, water baptism, in the name of Jesus and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. But modern day Christianity, you're saved by faith alone. That's what they preach. You cannot say that you are saved by faith alone when the Bible literally says in the book of James that faith does not save you by itself. It literally says that in, multi, in, in like I think two different places, maybe three, in the same chapter. James writes and says that faith alone cannot save you. He literally writes that. And so it humors me and it confuses me that, that this fallacy, and it comes from Martin Luther, the Reformationist, but this fallacy that it's faith and grace and belief all by itself. Well, the Bible says otherwise. And so I'm going to read you this passage of Scripture really quick. In James chapter 2, beginning in verse 14, we'll just read down. This is what James says. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed, and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. And I'm reading word for word in the scripture. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well, even the demons, demons believe in shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person? This is what James says. He says, do you want me to show you, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was counted him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. This is literally word for word out of the book of James. That a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. For as the body apart from the spirit of, is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. This is what James said. Just like if the, the, my spirit was taken away from my body, my body would be dead. And if works is, taking out, is taken out of faith, faith becomes dead. So you must have works. Works are important. It matters what you do. It matters that you get baptized in the name of Jesus. It matters that you that you let God fill you with his spirit, that you become a house for him to live in. It, it matters that you change your lifestyle. And, and we're going to talk more about it in the coming episodes. But I want to close with this. I want to say this story right here. I had a discussion with a man. I don't know if he was a minister. I don't think he was. Uh, he was. He was quite knowledgeable in the Bible. 
Um, obviously, we didn't agree or see eye to eye on many things. He was a uh, he believed in uh, the Lutheran doctrine with Martin Luther and, and John Calvin and and William Tyndale and things like that. We were discussing salvation and uh, whether works had anything to do with it. And I brought up James, that passage I just read to you, where multiple times James says that faith by itself is useless. And this man told me, he said something along these lines. He said, you got to be careful with the book of James because, this is coming from him, that James did not have the full revelation of grace that Paul and the other apostles had. This is what he told me. He said that James did not have a full revelation of the grace of God that Paul had because Paul was the minister of grace and that Paul had some new, uh, different revelation than James. To which I replied, that's weird because James was the brother of Jesus Christ and you would have thought that Jesus would have told his brother about grace. You would have thought that Jesus would have, out of all people, Jesus would have told his own brother how to be saved. And so it's things like that. In order to justify the doctrine of faith alone, grace alone, sinner's prayer, believing only, in order to justify that, you've got to look at certain parts of the scripture and say that writer didn't know what he was talking about. James didn't have a full revelation. That writer didn't have a full revelation and things like that. And if you're having to discredit parts of Scripture to credit your belief, your belief's probably wrong. And if you're going to discredit one part of Scripture, that brings every other Scripture in the Bible into question because our foundational belief must belief must be that the Bible is inerrant and the Bible is the Word of God. And even though, yes, James wrote and Paul wrote and Peter wrote and Matthew wrote, yes, those people wrote it was God that was giving them the words to write, right? It was inspired by the Holy Ghost. Holy men of God spake as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. And so it is the word of God and not the words of men. We must agree on that because if you call into question one part of Scripture, you must call into question the rest of the Scriptures. And so I would say that James did have the full revelation he was the pastor of the church in Jerusalem. He was the brother of Jesus Christ. And he writes extensively on the fact that faith without works is dead. It cannot save you by itself. And so we'll talk more about this in the coming weeks. I'm looking forward to the interviews that we're going to be having. But if anybody asks you, does, does works matter? Tell them Jesus thought so. Jesus thought so. The apostles thought so. So we must think so as well. The Bible teaches that there is we do have a responsibility in our salvation. We do have a responsibility in our salvation. I want to be saved. I want to see you saved. I'm, I'm not doing this for personal gain. I don't get paid for this. I'm not trying to take anybody's money. I sincerely want to teach the truth of God's word. And if you don't believe me, you can go to the scriptures. Remember, let God's word be true and every man a liar. If I said anything that is contrary to the word of God, God's word is true and I'm a liar. But I promise you that what I've read and what I've said, it's all in the Bible. It's all there. So thank you for joining me today. Um, tune in next week for an exciting episode. I'm really looking forward to what we're going to be talking about. And I am literally so stoked about these interviews that we have coming up. I am so excited and can't wait to spend some more time with you. Thank you for joining us. God bless.
Thank you for listening. I encourage you to subscribe and leave a rating. Hope to see you again next week.